Welcome to Brand New Nation with your hosts, Danny and Chris. Danny helps personal brands make thousands of dollars selling their online courses at Udemy. Chris is owner of ChrisDidIt.com and has created online homes for powerhouse women, including Grammy-winning artist Chrisette Michelle. Each week, Danny and Chris speak with YouTubers, bloggers, and entrepreneurs about how they're getting paid to pursue their passions and to help you create your personal roadmap to do what you love love for a living and thrive. Are you ready to get brand new? Let's listen in on Danny and Chris now. Hey, Brand New Nation. Danny here welcoming you to another episode. Today we have Tamara Floyd, founder of Natural Hair Rules. She is a very popular blogger and will be sharing how much money she's earning annually from her Natural Hair Rules blog. She'll talk about affiliates, sponsors, merchandise, and other sources of revenue that may surprise you. She'll also talk about how she was able to grow her Facebook page to over 500,000 likes. And lastly, how you too can make money as a blogger from various income sources. Yes, Chris here. I am so inspired by Tamara. I met Tamara last February, actually, when I offered mentorships to those who signed up for Marie Forleo's B-School, which is a program I highly recommend. Um, She ended up signing up, and because of that, I had weekly calls with Tamara, and I learned that she was just killing it with her blog, and she has so many interesting and innovative ways that she makes money blogging. Tamara is actually one of the very first natural hair bloggers. She actually started her blog way back in 2006 when there weren't very many resources for us natural hair girls. So it's really interesting how she was able to take something where, you know, she couldn't find information out there, so she made that information happen. Yeah, for those of you who are unfamiliar, um, the whole natural hair movement is really all about taking women who were previously putting relaxers and different things in their hair to straighten it and to fight against curl their curly hair and encouraging us instead to find products that work with our curls and really accentuate the natural elements and um, the natural movement of our hair. So it was really cool to hear from Tamara, who is kind of one of the first on the scene to show us how exactly to style our hair, what kinds of products we should be looking for that work with our hair, um, et cetera, et cetera. So Let's get into this call. I can't wait. Let's do it. Now playing our call with Tamara Floyd, founder of Natural Hair Rules. Tamara, we are so excited to have you on Brand New Nation. Let's talk about how you got brand new. You had three key moments on your journey that got you to this point. Can you tell us about those? The first one would, of course, be starting the blog, and I think it was it's kind of funny how it started. I had a friend that was moving across the country, and um, I was asking, well, you know, how would we keep up with her and stuff like that? She really wasn't on Facebook or anything yet, and um, she said, oh, I'm, I'm going to start a blog. And that was like the first time I ever heard about a blog, and she was just telling me a little bit more how you can go, you know, on blogger.com, start a blog, and it's free. And from there, I kind of, it just seemed like the best fit. Um, at the time, I was getting a lot of questions about my hair and what products I was using. So I, I just figured, okay, I'll start a blog. <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. And then after that, um, kind of like the second moment, kind of like my aha moment, um, 
a friend of mine, they run Black and Married with Kids. They actually oh, gifted me. Oh, I think I know of that. That's so cool. Yeah. You Lamar and Tyler. Awesome. Yeah. I yeah, Lamar and Ronnie. A long time ago. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. So um, I've I've worked with them on a couple of occasions, um, hosting events. Like um, when I used to live in Houston, they came down and kind of like packed out the house for a screening of one of their uh, documentaries. So um, we've been in touch since then. This has been about like four or five years now. And um, the Bloggerlicious uh, Blogger Conference was happening, and they gave me a ticket. And at the time, I had no idea how I was going to get there, but I knew that if they were going to invest in me, and at the time, I think the ticket was about $300 or so, I'm like, well, if they see enough to invest in me Mm. in my blog, I need to figure Mm. out a way to get there. Mm-hmm. And um, I, at first I was a little bit disappointed because I looked up, I think the blog was maybe three or four years old, but I had been blogging um, three to four times a week, um, every week. Like mm-hmm. my friends called me a real blogger just because I was so consistent and dedicated mm-hmm. to the blog. But, you know, as far as my bank account was concerned, I had nothing to show for it. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just really felt like I was selling myself short in that I needed to find a way to make the blog work for me. Like, I felt like I had been working for it for so long, and I just needed to reap the benefits of that. So um, uh, thankfully, I was able to contact some of my contacts, like brands that I've worked with before, and reached out to them, and um, I got a a conference scholarship that way, but I still had to figure out how to come out of pocket for hotel and airfare and stuff like that, Um, but it really got me to thinking, you know, how can I really monetize this influence that I have, because Unlike other niches when it comes to natural hair, the brands don't have the money to, like, fly you across across the world. So, Mm. you know, Mm. I I had to find different ways to monetize the blog. Um, And I think the third thing was really – and the second and the third thing kind of go hand in hand. Um, When I had my son – you know, motherhood kind of has like this natural shifting of priorities. So Mm -hmm. for me, I knew that I always wanted to be at home with my son. I didn't want to miss any of his milestones. And, you know, if you're working full time and then commuting, you're away from your child almost 12 hours a day, which Mm -hmm. can be like very stressful in itself. So I, you know, again, just, I had to make it work is that feeling that I had around this time. So I think that's in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. And your son is so cute, by the way, Ben Jr., right? (laughs) He's Um, so cute. Thank you. (laughs) This Ben the second, uh, the daddy does not like (laughs) BJ, so we do not do Ben Jr. at all. No. <laughs> for good reason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ben is second. He's a cutie. Yes. 
And then just so we have um, clarification on the years, um, you know, if you could just quickly tell us when you first started your blog, you know, what year was that? So people are kind of familiar with the timeline. Yeah, so the blog started in 2008. And I think um, as far as getting the ticket for the conference as well as my son, I had my son at the end of 2011. So about 2012, um, is really when I guess the blog kind of made a, a a really good turn as far as making money. And so, um, Tamara, you also had a Floyd and Associates, I think, prior to starting Natural Hair World. Um, and you were, uh, it was like a PR company that you had. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so Floyd and Associates, um, we were an innovative solutions group. We specialized in um, uh, public relations and marketing and new media marketing. Um, and that was something that my husband, I kind of, I feel like I kind of married into the business. Um, my husband has always been an entrepreneur. And naturally, when we got married, I kind of took on a lot of the roles and responsibilities of the business. Um, it, especially in this economy, it just kind of felt like, you know, you have to have some type of side hustle. Mm-hmm. And um, I was focusing on school full time, but I still needed money. So, mm-hmm. so I was still on my grind as far as um, getting clients and picking up projects and stuff like that. So. And was there anything um, specific, specific that you guys wanted to know in regards to that? No, I mean, I was um, actually just wondering how uh, your PR background helped you with uh, natural hair rules and if there was any sort of, like, correlation on why you felt comfortable starting a blog because of your background or anything like that. No. Um, so the blog started as a creative outlet. Um, mm-hmm. I never, I felt like Floyd and Associates was more of an aspiring job or career, whereas, you know, people aren't necessarily aspiring to be a full-time blogger. Um, and so my focus was with doing the marketing and public relations. And thankfully, from that experience, it really helped me to learn how to build um, relationships as well as it afforded me opportunities to work directly with brands as far as like with the shop to all blogger style um, with Walmart as well as coordinating and hosting um, the Naturalista Weekend for the Texas Black Expo and making that a sold-out event. But I think when it came down to it, um, I just I didn't feel like I had it in me to go secure the clients, the the hustle that it goes into chasing the business, whereas I had the opportunity to be in my own space. It was a little bit more flexible as far as making sure that I could monetize the blog, whereas I didn't really have that same ability with Lloyd and Associates. And not only that, I think one of my last, contracts that I had with the business and I don't know if I can say this but I had like the basically the boss or client from hell (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like my first day, it was actually um, an on-site contract. I was working um, temporarily in interim um, while they while they were transitioning their new um, manager, like community manager. Mm-hmm. And the first day there, she's like quoting lines from Django using the N word. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Mm. It was really inappropriate. <laughs> and finally, a, a permanent position did open up. And it's interesting because she was telling me, um, because it was it was a com- communications position, and the lady that was there um, that let the job go, um, they had kind of, they just did not get along. And so she tells me, oh, well, you know, um, the the former communications person, she, you know, we just, we didn't get along. She thought I was racist. And, and I just kind of, <laughs> I kind of went back to my first day and I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> but um, so the permanent position opened up and for whatever reason, I guess this is her first time actually looking at my resume because mm-hmm. she she says to me, she's like, well, if I hadn't hired somebody and, and she was saying for the position that I was working temporarily, she's like, you totally could do this job. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just asked her, well, isn't that why you contracted me? And that was that. It's just like one for instance, but I I can sit on and talk like for days about situations that I've had like that where, you know, just kind of experiencing whether it was ageism, people I was working mm-hmm. with like, oh, baby, you know what, I got shoes older than you, so I'm not going to listen to anything you have to say or wow. just kind of like always having to you know, go the extra mile to prove, even though I felt like my experience and my resume should speak for themselves, it it, it was kind of ignored, just like in that situation where it's like, oh, you are qualified. Um, Mm. And even in that particular interview, she was more interested in my blog than anything else. And that was like another light bulb for me, like, okay, well, you know, if people are more interested in what I have going on here, maybe they're they're seeing something that I don't, and I need to explore this. Right. Hmm. Wow. So having your blog, you sort of are able to command respect because you've built this brand online. Yeah. It, the thing is, though, sometimes that doesn't necessarily translate into money, which yeah. – um, was where I was really frustrated for a long time. So I and I think also um with bloggers sometimes we're waiting for brands to just, you know, see the worth and just invest in us and that doesn't necessarily happen. So you have to figure out uh in regards to what's gonna be the best route to making money for, for you and your 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 brand versus waiting on on um, big corporations to give you right. that money. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, let's let's get into that in the moolah scoop because I'm really excited to hear about all yeah. of that. Yeah. So, but right now I want to talk more about natural hair rolls. 
can you tell us a little more about the blog and what makes Natural Hair Rules different from other natural hair blogs out there? What makes Natural Hair Rules different um, is, I think, first and foremost, me and my my history and my uh, my background. I actually studied biology at the University of Houston, so I have that sciencey, you know, nerd geek thing going when it comes to mm-hmm. looking at the actual anatomy of your hair as well as product chemistry, um, the formulations and stuff like that. So I always take a good look at, you know, what exactly is in this product versus, oh, it smells nice. (laughs) Like like some other Mm -hmm. sites that I've seen out there. And I do a ridiculous amount of research. Um, I've also come from kitchen beauticians, a long line from kitchen beauticians, as well as licensed cosmetologists. So I, I had that background um, or that knowledge that um, I've been brought up knowing as far as how to maintain healthy hair. Um, and when it came to my side, I, I think that initially I was looking at other sites and I was trying to see what they were doing just to see if I could somehow make it work for my site, and it just was not working. So I had to figure out, um, my friend calls it my secret sauce, and one Mm -hmm. of the things that I feel like really distinguishes my site is also that having the actual hairstyles. Um, I believe I'm, like, one of the few bloggers that actually knows how to style my hair, um, whereas uh, uh, others seem to be more of resource-based. Mm. And they they depend on, you know, uh, other bloggers and their YouTube videos and stuff like that. So Yeah, and I love Natural Hair Rules, too, because I feel like you come to the site and it just looks like there's a wealth of information here. Like, you have other um, natural hair bloggers who contribute to your site, so it's not just your own content. And I feel like you can find any answer that you could ever want on that site versus where other sites are where it's just about one blogger and maybe one type of hair. Thank you. And that's something that I'm definitely striving for. And this is one thing that I wanted to add to. Um, I, I do a lot of research when it comes to hair care, but if I don't know the answers, then I do call on um either a dermatologist or a trichologist or even a hairstylist, and I have some of those professionals to also contribute to the site as well. Awesome. So another thing that's uh, sort of a testament to how great you're doing, you have 520,000 likes on your Facebook page right now, which is crazy because crazy. We wrote the question, it was 519,000, and a few days later, it's 520. That's amazing. So I know everybody wants to know, how can you get that sort of engagement on Facebook? Um, So how did you do that? The first thing was, um, thankfully, my husband had enough foresight to start the page for me because I was completely resistant to it, Um, and I don't even think anybody else as far as, like, hair or beauty bloggers were on Facebook at the time. 
So he started the page very early on, and then it was up to me to make sure that I maintained it. Um, I think at the time, even early on, I was posting at least once a, once a day, which really mm-hmm. helped to grow the audience. And mm-hmm. I'm always on, you know, websites like um, ProBlogger or uh, social media um Oh, I can't, the name is escaping me right now. Um, but all these different social media sites to just stay abreast of Facebook and the algorithms and the, the trends on how to get the, the most reach out of, out of each of my posts. And that really mm-hmm. helped to, to grow that, that audience as well. Mm. And do you have anyone, cause I mean, I'm looking at it and yeah, you have new posts all the time. Um, do you have anyone helping you with the page, or are you updating it yourself? It, only until recently did I actually have somebody helping me. So now I do have a virtual assistant, but for a long time, um, I would go in like once a day or uh, maybe sometimes even twice a day and schedule posts ahead of time for Facebook. So just taking taking the time to figure out, you know, when my my most engaged, my most engagement or the most reach was for the page and making sure that I had posts to schedule at those, those times. And what uh, what tool were you using to schedule the post just for folks that want to do that? I use Facebook directly um, just because I found that Facebook kind of, they kind of limit your reach when you use like a third party. Um, ah, social media scheduling too. Yeah. And, um, well, also recently I've used CoSchedule, which is, it's more of an editorial calendar where you can schedule your blog posts as well as your corresponding social media. And you can post it, you know, on like all the social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest. Um, I think you can also maybe schedule like some YouTube stuff too. It does it does a whole lot. It's like it's been a heaven since. <laughs> nice. And then a little bit about you said you're uh you just started using VAs, uh virtual assistants. And so, you know, um how would did you find your virtual assistant? You know, on what site or through what channels? Um, and then what exactly do you have them doing for you to make you more more efficient with your time? Yeah, this particular virtual assistant was referred to me um, through another blogger friend, and she's actually local uh, to Las Vegas. Um, and she does, like, specifically, like, blog management virtual assistant. So it worked out perfectly for me, I think, uh, she she's very organized and detail oriented and knowledgeable about like social media and blogging uh, across the board. But also, I had to get to a place where um, I could delegate. Uh, so, like for me, unlike like you know major news sites or stuff like that, I don't have content new content rolling out every day. Uh, my new content is just three days out of the week. So um, I basically have my top 50 posts, and I just send that over to her and allow her 
to pick from it as well as she uh I'm not sure what tool she's using, but she uses something where she stays on top of the the social media trends and she'll schedule content or social media posts based on whatever the trend is online as well. Interesting. And then so for people listening, I mean, you mentioned something really key was like you reached a point where you learned to delegate. And it sounds like, um, I mean, just based on other people's stories, that can be a huge turning point in your business where suddenly it frees up your time to do more high-level tasks. But I know that an obstacle for people getting to that point, you know, to actually delegate is that we think, oh, my gosh, like I don't have the budget to hire someone else. Mm-hmm. to do things, to do tasks for me. So just for someone who is thinking, you know, this is a huge obstacle to big uh, money commitment, can you give us an idea of, like, how much it takes, um, you know, maybe per hour or what kind of uh, money it takes to hire someone on maybe a monthly or hourly basis? It really it really depends on what the task is. I, I know for... Um, my social media management and she also does like some editing as well. I think it's budgeted for about $200 a month and within that she gives me like a set amount of posts a day um, as well as how many posts that she's going to edit. So it, I think it really just depends on the individual um, virtual assistant. What in my conversations with other business owners, usually the the challenge isn't necessarily budget-wise. It's fear of, you know, handing it over. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So mm-hmm. especially, like, especially, like, when it's your website or your email and stuff like that. So um, just figuring out the best system that's going to work for you. I know example. For me, for example, um, I did the research to figure out the um, the account settings or the user permissions for my website. So even though I do have contributors or my virtual assistants that can sign into my website, they can only see their individual blog posts and they can only edit their stuff so I don't have anybody, you know, messing around on the back end or anything like that. And um, my site is constantly being backed up just in case, you know, something happens as far as, like, a plug-in or something like that. And um, as far as, like, the email, the email thing, you really – I think you kind of know um, – what things, like, need your immediate attention and what things that you can kind of hand off to somebody else. I did, like, an email alias for uh, specifically, like, my email subscribers. I allow them to reply and ask me, like, an individual question or if they're looking for some particular information. I just set aside an email alias or another inbox for those type of requests so that I don't feel overwhelmed by, you know, however many emails that come into um, that particular account. Mm -hmm. Very smart. The other thing I wanted to know is that you mentioned that your VA is local to where you are in Las Vegas. Was that something that was important to you? And have you met up with her at all? 
I haven't met up with her, but I, I think it does give me peace of mind to knowing knowing that that is an option. Um, mm-hmm. Thankfully, you know, she's still been very accessible um, just in general. So, but if I did need to meet up with her, I could. Mm-hmm. So. Nice. And just for, um, uh, you know, folks listening or interested in getting started on uh, a virtual assistance, and maybe trying one out, um, I can just recommend a couple of sites. You know, Odesk, um, Elance is one I have uh, first um, uh, first experience. What, is, what am I trying to say? First-hand experience with. Um, <laughs> so those are a couple, you know, that you can check out. And also TaskUst is another one. Um, it will include all those in the show notes. But just in case you guys want to get on it and look into having a virtual assistant. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I use uh, – oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Camera. I was going to say, even as, even before you get to that point, you have to kind of like almost mind map your tasks, things that need to be done. So you have to be at a place where you know what tasks that you can hand off. Otherwise, you even if you hire the best virtual assistant, you won't find it very productive for you and your business. Great advice, definitely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and just to um, ask that, like some of the things I've heard are people will do the task a couple times themselves. Um, and that way you figure out the m- most effective way to do it. Because let's say you're doing something, but you're doing it the long way. So I've heard of people kind of iterating on it and maybe doing it for about a month themselves, figuring out the least amount of steps to make it effective. And then, yeah, documenting that process. And you're right. That way you can hand it over to the virtual assistant and you know, I figured out how to maximize their time so that I can now maximize my time. Yeah. And your money, too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> cool. And I just had one more question um, before we move on about your Facebook page, because it sounds like one of the benefits for you was that you had a first mover advantage. And you, um, you know, you're, you said your husband started it back in 2008. And so... Um, what about people who are starting their pages now or starting, you know, right now? Um, what are the must-do things? What would you say are, like, two things people, you know, must do to aggressively grow their Facebook following? Well, before I ask, uh, answer that question, I think um, one of the most important things is to know specifically what your goals are because, um, for example, if you're a product-based business, then maybe Facebook is the route to go. Um, If you're, you know, you want to blog as a business, maybe Facebook isn't the best place just because you might end up having to spend more money to actually get the reach or the engagement that you want now because they're big on advertising. Um, But to answer your question, one of the first things is really doing your research because Facebook is notorious for switching up their algorithm like without notice at all. Like uh for example, I might post a picture this week and it'll have like a ridiculous reach and then I can post another picture next week and Facebook's like, Oh no, shut it down. <laughs> like mm. like uh, <laughs> like 
like you got too much reach last week, so we're not gonna do that this week. So, wow. <laughs> which huh. has which has happened to me. Um, and, and it's kind of sad because, for example, uh, with the the uh, bring our girls back, there was some great information that was going out and being shared, and I wanted to share it on my page. But when I went to share posts for my website, they weren't getting nearly as much reach because Facebook was like, well, you know, you posted this and your engagement is up by almost 200%. Mm. So keeping Mm. that in mind, I think always having clear goals um, and knowing specifically, okay, what, what do I want? out of this, what type of conversion do I want? For me, uh, Facebook is maybe about 30% of my traffic, my website traffic. So I'm mm. always wanting people to go to my website, but um, I do also have my apparel store. So if I post a picture of one of my t-shirts, then I want people to go to the store as well as to, to buy the t-shirt. But um, I noticed that if I'm selling, for example, like a digital offering, like an ebook or something like that, Facebook is not the best place to go because they're wondering why. Why isn't this free? This is Facebook. I'm on a free platform. I don't understand why you want me to charge for or why you want me to pay for information. So I think that as a business owner, that is something very important to keep in mind. Got it. That's all really great advice. Uh, And so now, you know, you've got natural hair rules and you've been blogging for about, I guess, six years now Mm -hmm. on the site. And so um, what kind of traffic are you seeing to your site? And what is something you didn't know when you started that maybe you wish you did know? And, you know, what's something like you would have done differently, I guess? So um, my site averages about, I would say, 500 to 7,500,000 page views a month. Um, wow. wow. Wait, and, you said like a, yeah. like a half a million page views a month. <laughs> yeah. And, okay. Yeah, well, and, uh, okay. How many, um, how many um, unique, do you know how many unique visitors? The unique visitors, it's probably about half of that because I average about, uh, each visitor is an average of about two page views. Got it. So for my son. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm really thankful about that. And the funny thing is, um, I think a year or two ago, Leela from uh, Black Girl Long Hair, she was actually speaking at a conference, and that was in her bio that she was, like, getting a million page views. And I'm like, oh, my God, a million page views? Like, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, thankfully, I've, I've had, like, my million-dollar or million-page view month, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's not that bad. Like, it's mm-hmm. attainable. Like, I could do it, too. So. Ah. And, and what do you think is driving that? You know, where – you said 30% of your traffic is coming from Facebook. Where is the rest of it coming from? The rest of it is um, – my top traffic is just organic search. Um, and that's one of the things ah. that I wish 
I wish I would have knew going into it as far as, mm. like, like, there's all this information about search engine optimization, but the biggest thing is making sure that you submit your sitemap to these different search engines. And um, once I did that, I noticed a big increase in just organic traffic. Wow. So I wish I would have knew that, like, a few years ago. That's such a good tip because you don't hear people talking about that. You know, like I'm on all no. these, like, blogger groups and things. You never hear anybody saying, submit your sitemap, you know, step number one. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can I can tell you, um, I think I, had, I saw an immediate increase in traffic as soon as I did it. Um, a lot, there are... There are different plugins that you can use for search engine optimization, but from my experience, it really doesn't make a difference until you submit your sitemap to to mm-hmm. Google specifically. And if you make any changes to your website, like if you move um, move your hosting service, then you have to resubmit your sitemap. And mm-hmm. I I actually I kind of just stumbled upon that on accident. I don't think I even saw that anywhere, like, oh, you you have to resubmit your site map. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And did you learn SEO on your own, or did you hire someone, or how did you figure all this out? Just a lot of reading and talking to other bloggers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think as far as, like, this site map, maybe um, I was just kind of digging in my Google uh, webmaster tools, and I, I saw that, and I was like, oh, what's this? I need to do this. Like, let me do this. Like, and, and it kind of happens like that, too. You kind of just stumble upon stuff like, wait, let me try this. Let's see what happens here. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I would recommend, um, I think SEO Moz is usually, and actually they rebranded recently to just Moz, so it's just M-O-Z oh, dot really? com. Ooh. And yeah, and just go to their blog. Um, but for anyone listening that's trying to, like, kind of get some the latest information about SEO, um, they probably have resources for the basics of SEO. But as far as being, like, up to date, because, for instance, Google just rolled out um, Panda, um, which affected a lot of people's organic search results. Um, and so people didn't see it coming. They didn't know much about it. SEO Moz or Moz. It has a lot of, like, up-to-date information about the state of SEO. So for those of you who are trying to get familiar or at least stay up to what's going on, there's another resource as well. I will definitely have to look into it. I know um, one of one of the best plugins or one that's highly recommended uh, for SEO is uh, SEO by Yoast or either mm-hmm. all-in-one SEO. Both of those plugins are really good. Awesome. So I want to go back to you and motherhood and how you've used that on your blog. So you're the mother of an adorable, your adorable little prince, Ben the Second. And I love to see his little curls popping on Instagram. <laughs> so cute. And so I want to know, how did becoming a mom change your brand and business? Oof, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's like, where do you start? Yeah. Like, exactly. There's like so, so many things. I, I One of the first things is really you learn how to be a better manager of your time. Uh, for example, in the natural hair community, like people, you know, 
they make jokes about wash day. Like there's this picture going around and it's like all these groceries <laughs> and, and there's like <laughs> and there's like a Bible and stuff and they're like wash day. And with my with my son and with my hair regimen, I really had to simplify it because, you know, you can't tell an infant, okay, baby, mommy needs five hours. Like, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> So, again, that really made me do some research on figuring out the best ways to maintain my my hair but didn't take forever. Um, Like, I love to do two-strand twists, but that can take me, you know, anywhere from an hour to two hours. So it just really depends on how small I'm doing them as well as trying to get in this head and really make sure that it's clean you know, that can take you for another hour, hour and a half. And um, mm-hmm. I actually, I was celebrating one time on Facebook, like, I got it down to 45 minutes, 45 minutes, like, mm. shampoo, condition, and style. So being a good manager of my time, figuring out how, you know, to get the best results in the, the shortest amount of time so that I can um, be there. And also, you know, hiring a team because it 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 really gets did get to the point where it was kind of overwhelming. But you know, this is my bread and butter, so I can't just put it to the side. I can't neglect it, but I can't neglect my son either. So Mm -hmm. that really, I kind of feel like my my hands were tied a little bit when it came to bringing all my contributors uh, for a second. I kind of resented <laughs> it, but, but you know, I, I feel like what you put out in the, 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 um, in the universe, you get back. So I'm, I'm very, you know, caring and dedicated and thankfully um, I have found people who have those qualities as well that are also very knowledgeable about hair. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest things with motherhood, I became a little bit less, uh, uh, or excuse me, a little more fearless um, when it came to having my son because I was terrified of being pregnant. Like you hear all these horrible things like you're, you're going to die. Like, you're mm-hmm. like... That's you're me like, right now, so, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. Please tell me more, Crystal. yeah. We need to talk about this, Crystal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, your life is completely over. Like, forget yeah. about date night. Like, you're not even mm-hmm. going to know your husband anymore. And, you know, so stuff like that. So I was, like, totally freaking out. Not to mention, my business just wasn't where I wanted to be. I I was consistently consistently getting short term contracts with Floyd and Associates, but I wasn't necessarily securing long term. As well as um, it's so funny. I think with Floyd and Associates, I was just like, oh, I just want to make fifteen hundred dollars a month. And then I started making it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is nothing. (laughs) What was I I thinking? But um, so you get pregnant, and, you know, you have your child. And for me, 
once I kind of accepted the pregnancy, which I was in denial for about five months, so like half of my mm. pregnancy, I was in denial about it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and then you start thinking about your birth plan, and my prayer was just, Lord, please don't let them cut me. Like I did not want. I didn't want a C-section. Oh. I was going to try, <laughs> to mm-hmm. try my best to at least do it as natural as possible. I really didn't want a C-section. And then we actually had an emergency C-section. Oh, was wow. really, yeah, it really mm. broke me to a point that I had never been broken before. Um, mm. And mm. a lot of people don't talk about this, but you – kind of go through a grieving process when your labor and delivery doesn't go the way that you want it to or the way you expect it. Yeah. So even though, you know, I had this beautiful, healthy baby, um, I was recovering from my first major surgery ever and Mm -hmm. having this newborn and also, um, I I felt like our hospital was kind of taking advantage of us because we had good medical insurance. So my son was in the NICU, um, newborn or um, ICU for about six days, and there was nothing wrong with him. We looked, we were black, we looked young, and they mm-hmm. just kind of felt like, oh well, they don't know what they're doing. They would come back and they would report to us like. Oh, well, he's breathing on his own. And I'm like, why wouldn't he? <laughs> like, he's, yeah. you know, he's post-due date. He's a healthy baby. And I even have one of the nurses to really kind of just imply that I didn't know what I was talking about. Like, you know, just really, mm-hmm. it was just really rude, really rude. Mm. But um, so I said all of that to say. I really have to face a lot of my fears in a short period of time. So now Mm -hmm. that I'm, you know, two years out, my son's two, almost two and a half, um, I went through those things and I'm still here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So when it comes to other things, I'm not as afraid. Or if I am afraid, I know that. I can still do it. I'll work through it. Yeah. Um, I've, mm-hmm. I've been able to take a little bit more risk with my business because of because of that, thankfully. And even my husband and I, we recently moved cross-country, and I didn't even really think about, you know, how scary it would be to be away from all my family and stuff like that. It was just kind of like, this is an awesome opportunity. Let's take advantage of it. <laughs> so, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Outlook and perspective has changed just because of, you know, being a mom and going through those experiences. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. One of my worries is that, you know, being uh, an entrepreneur who works from home, I get to work whenever I want. And that's a blessing, but it's also a curse because I'll, you know, I'll get up and I'll start working. And then I'm also working at nine o'clock at night because I can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and that's not good, and it's not healthy, and I'm working on it. But (laughs) do you have, like, a set schedule because you, you know, you have your son, and I'm sure, you know, he has his, like, things, his play dates and all the things that he has to do, and you being a mother and all of your responsibilities, 
do you have a really strict schedule or how do you kind of like, maybe you can just go through your day with us. That'd be helpful. Yeah, no, um, strict schedules kind of scare me a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> so I'm really, <laughs> like, I know, I know. I, I was just thinking, I was like, damn, me too. I, I'd like to be more comfortable with them, but it's yeah. a little scary. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, so thankfully kids don't like, you know, strict schedules either because especially when they're younger, they really, they really let you know, you know, their schedule changes every day and they let you know what they want. So, you know, mm-hmm. it may be nap time at 9 a.m. today, but it may be around noon tomorrow. So um, when they're infants, it's really easy to figure out uh, the best times to work. And thankfully, like, um, I could really get some work done when he was young during his nap time because he took, like, three to four naps out of the day. And then he became a toddler. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's like chasing him from 7 a.m. to about uh, 7 p.m. Well, um, before we get ready for bed and stuff like that. So I had to, I have an awesome preschool that he's in and I don't feel bad about it. Like I know, I know mm-hmm. there are some moms that experience like that mommy guilt, but Mm-hmm. I, I I think part of that is because I'm I feel really fulfilled in the work that I'm doing, and I know that he he needs to be socialized too, um, because he is not having a sister or brother anytime soon, so he needs mm-hmm. to go make friends mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> outside the house. So my but my day when I do have him, I do get up a little bit earlier um, just to make sure that things are in place as far as um, my, my excuse me, virtual assistant has social media posts scheduled um, just to make sure that if I have like any fires in my email that I need to put out, I can take care of that mm-hmm. um, and also take a Sometimes to actually, you know, do writing because I think the biggest, the biggest thing for me is I didn't want to lose sight of having my creative outlet. Like I'm very thankful that Natural Hair Rules is a business, but I still need to be able to one invoke my personality as well as to write about the things that I want to write about um, to have that safe place. So I make mm-hmm. sure that I I take time for me in the morning. In addition to that, I do journal almost daily, which helps me to keep my sanity. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. he, yeah. he he wakes up he wakes up about seven or so, and we have breakfast together, and he has his playtime and stuff, and then we have nap and stuff like that. So in between there, if I can sneak away to and I'm trying to get better at that because um, I've been listening to Tim Ferriss a lot in regards to mm-hmm. just being a little bit more productive. Like, I definitely feel like I'm productive, but I find that constantly being glued to my device, regardless of what it is, really mm-hmm. takes me away from 
really being as active as I want to because my mind is somewhere else, you know, even right. though I'm going through the, mm-hmm. through the motions. Um, so that is something that I'm, I'm working on. I think I'm going to take like, I think, I feel like it's going to get to the point where I just use my phone for calls. <laughs> like I'm going to take yeah. social media off, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, I need that, especially, um, while I'm focusing more just doing writing, whether, you know, that's a book or focusing on writing workshops or whatever that is, just so I can do that higher level thinking. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is my day in a nutshell. Hey, Brand New Nation, Chris here with another way for you guys to get brand new. This week, I'm sharing my favorite web hosting provider, Bluehost. Bluehost is the only hosting provider I use for all of my websites, including brandnewnation.com. I love them because I feel like with Bluehost, I always have someone by my side ready to answer my questions with their 24-7 live chat and impeccable customer service. Even when my site chrisdidit.com was hacked into last year, I freaked out for about five seconds, went to the Bluehost live chat, and they had it corrected within 10 minutes as if nothing had ever happened. It was pretty awesome. You can get a discounted rate of just $4.95 per month plus your free domain name by going to brandnewnation.com backslash Bluehost. That's brandnewnation.com backslash Bluehost. If you've been procrastinating on getting your site up, use Bluehost and you can have your website up and running within the next hour. Again, that's brandnewnation.com backslash B-L-U-E-H-O-S-T for our discounted rate. Now, let's get back to the show. And now it's time for the Moolah Scoop. Ain't nothing more important than the Moolah. Love it. Thank you, Tamara. Okay, well, here at Brandon Nation, we want to change the conversation around money and really empower our guests to be honest and transparent about how much money they're making or not making doing what they love. So let's get into it. How much are you earning right now through natural hair rules, um, and how are you making a living? Okay, so currently I'm averaging about 80K a year. Um, I hope to increase it by 100 to 100K in the next few months just because um, I kind of like $10,000 a month, like, yeah, I'm like, I have one of those months and it felt really good. I was like, yeah, I, I definitely want to awesome. keep, I want to keep that up. So mm-hmm. uh, a bulk of my money definitely comes from ad revenue from, I use, a few, maybe three ad networks, Google AdSense, um, Yahoo has a a rich ad network, and anybody can sign up for any of these. Um, Google is just google.com slash AdSense, and Yahoo's ad network is at media.net. And um, I also just got into Graham's media network or ad network. Mm. So in addition to in addition to my ad revenue, I also do freelance writing for Babbel.com, um, which is maybe like one fourth of my income. And 
uh, make a couple hundred dollars with affiliates. With uh, Amazon is a big one, but I also do affiliates with other retailers that carry hair products as far as Sally's and Target and Walmart. Um, and my store actually does really well as well as far as, like, my T-shirt sell. Um, so I'm thinking I'm probably going to increase that as well as offer other other digital products. I recently just did a hair workshop. Um, so every now and then I do uh, get paid to come out for to host an event or to moderate an event. Um, but I I found that I really do like doing like the workshops. So I'm trying to figure out the best way to offer those and price those for um, for online because I don't. And, and I'm actually surprised. Like I haven't seen anybody in my in my niche doing that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. So. And um, it's. I mean, first of all, wow. Um, yeah, that is amazing. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> super like amazing. Um, so for people who are starting and thinking about where to focus their time. Like for you, if you could get more clear about the different channels. So for instance, from ad revenue, you know, about what percentage of your revenue every month or about, you know, how much are you making every month from ad revenue? Uh, for ad revenue, probably about about $6,000 from ad revenue. Um, with that, and I understand, like with with my site, um, not very few blogs, especially like personal blogs, will make that kind of money with ad revenue because it's is highly traffic based. So, mm-hmm. with the amount of traffic that I get, then and also like you have to do your research as far as like the the sidebar they're called hot spots. Figure out the best places to place your ads. Mm-hmm. Um, and play with those. It's it's so funny. I'm just going to add this. Um, Nicole Bitchy's website, she was saying in an interview that she did, like, a small tweak to her website, and she lost, like, tens of thousands of dollars from her ads. So, really? like, placement, yeah, like, placement is that important, and you kind of plug it in to figure out what's going to work best for for your site and for um for your readers. Mm-hmm. And um so that was six thousand dollars per month, just to clarify. Yes. Yes. Wow. And I know, and that's great because it's you know it's passive, well, sort of passive income. Obviously you're doing a lot of work to get the traffic to your site. But mm-hmm. um uh just to clarify, that is like Google ads, um Yahoo, um the Glam network are any of those like from sponsors who are paying you kind of flat rate, you know, $1,000 per month to advertise my product on your site, or is it only the ad network revenue? It's mostly just the ad networks because uh, in regards to, you know, selling, like I do offer that for my site, but a lot of times um, I make more money with the ad networks versus with with what the brand's going to pay for, <laughs> for stuff like that. So um, I more offer maybe like a blog post and it'll charge maybe, you know, 350 for that or maybe a giveaway and that'll be somewhere about 250 
or something like that. Um, so I give the sponsors different options. Okay. Interesting. And then so uh, the 6000 okay, got it, cool, affiliate store. And then your store, um, yeah, so what is that making right now per month? And I know you're getting ready to kind of blow that up, you know, since it's doing so well. But currently, um, how is that going every month? Well, you know what? I actually, this has been one of the things I kind of handed over to my husband. So I don't know the uh, exact numbers, but I know um, when I was keeping track of that, it was about $3,000 for um, my T-shirts. Yeah. Interesting. And I always like to know, like, you know, uh, when you make $80,000 per month, obviously there are a lot of expenses that also come along with that. Can you share the biggest expenses you have in your business? So I wish it was eighty thousand per month, but I mean, sorry, <laughs> not per month, a year, <laughs> for, for a year. So, but it's, you know, thankfully, running a website is is pretty low overhead. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm probably I'm paying about a hundred dollars for hosting a month. Um, I'm trying to think. I'd probably pay a little bit under $500 for my contributors, and then my VA uh, add that, that it goes up to about $700. So usually my expenses are right around maybe $1,000, like everything, you know, including mm-hmm. like like your just additional subscriptions, whether it's Evernote or maybe you pay a little bit extra money for your email, just to make sure that you have space and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. and my my biggest expenses are just um, making sure that I'm paying for my team as well right now. Yeah, gotcha. And what about with the the hair workshop? Do you you like rent out a venue or how does that work? No, the last time I did one, just because I was new to the area, um, I offered it for free. Therefore, mm-hmm. I found a, a free venue to use, a, a community center. So, you know, again, it just kind of – I'm big on <laughs> making sure that I'm making a profit. So I'm mm-hmm. always making sure that, you know, I can keep everything as low cost as possible. Awesome, awesome. And what about um, with the T-shirts? Do you have to, like, put up a lot of money up front in order to get all those printed, or how does that work? It, it really depends on how you want to do it. Um, for me, just so I can get an idea of how a T-shirt is going to sell, I may run pre-orders for a certain uh, period of time. I do make mm-hmm. sure there are some sites that you can go to where you can get T-shirts for relatively cheap, like, right around $5 per shirt. Um, Mm -hmm. Usually my T-shirts are, they cost me maybe about $8 to produce because I usually have two colors because I'm fancy like that, I guess. (laughs) um, (laughs) So, uh, com. they're pretty good. Um, But I find, I like to find a local screen printer just mm-hmm. so if I need to, you know, rush out an order, I don't have to wait for almost a week and a half for it to be shipped to me. I can just go pick it up, and that way I have better 
I can better um, be a part of the printing process to make sure that the colors are correct. Like, for example, I do um, my natural hair rules shirts with my logo, and it's, it's a pretty complex logo, so you have to make sure that, you know, the bleed is just right and the colors are just right. And so, <clears throat> excuse mm-hmm. me, so find a local print company to take care of that. And, um, again, shirts average about maybe $8. And then um, my ladies, my readers have made it very clear that <laughs> they need to have shirts for their sizes. So that's another day, too. So you pay um, maybe $1 or $2 to do your your plus-size T-shirts. But that's one of the things, like, um Starting a T-shirt store, I think, is really a good way for just about any business to make some money. Like, we love our T-shirts, especially, you know, if they say, like, little trendy things um, mm-hmm. and you can't, you can't find them in stores. Like, for instance, there's this shirt that I saw on Instagram that says, don't worry, be Yonce. I was like, no. <laughs> I, love that. I, love that. I, I love that. I can buy that shirt. I know. I haven't seen that one. That is really true. True that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, I have a, quite a few friends who have, like, started really great T-shirt lines. A lot of them actually do have Beyonce T-shirts, which is funny. But um, <laughs> it's so interesting to see how lucrative something like that can be. And just for our listeners, there's another resource called Teespring. Dot com it's t e e spring dot com and what's really cool about that is that you can go on that site upload your t shirt design and you can decide on the sort of tipping point on when they'll print your t shirt so you actually don't have to pay anything up front you only pay if your t shirt does well and people decide that they want to pre order their t shirt and once you reach mm. a certain number then um you get to you know get the profit from that and they just take part of it to actually mm-hmm. print your T-shirts for you. And that's something that um, Lovey from Awesomely Lovey has been doing. She's put out a couple of T-shirts using teespring.com without any upfront cost, which is great, too, if you yeah. have, like, maybe, like, a band or if you're – my boyfriend's a comedian and he's on tour and he's – you know, he has his merch and that's how they're making a lot of their money and they've already sold out and they're not even done with their tour yet. So pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. a great resource. I love it. And I think it goes back to, you know, if you have an audience, give them something to buy. If, if you have a site, if you have a blog, and you have a lot of valuable content, but you have nothing for them to buy, no ebook, no shirt, you know, no workshop, then you're you're really missing an opportunity. And I think I know for me, uh, my audience, they were they actually asked for t-shirts too. Mm-hmm. So as soon as um, as soon as I launched my logo, they're like. I can see that on the shirt. I want that on the shirt. And I'm like, I got you covered. (laughs) We get that taken care of for you. So, and like all of those are like great options. But for me, it was more of um, just kind of having control over the fit and the quality of Mm -hmm. my tees. Because sometimes, you know, things can look a certain way online. Absolutely. And then you get them in their paper thin, and that's one of the things. Like, if I'm putting my name on it, is it's something that I am promoting. I want to make sure that I know for a fact that it's the best quality. So. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, yeah. Couldn't agree more. So 
Let's wrap it up. I want to know what's next for Tamara Floyd and Natural Hair Rules, and what are you looking to accomplish? So we already talked about my members, so that's 10K. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So 10K month. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is something that I'm working towards making um, more consistent, as well as offering the best products for my audience, um, because a lot of the content is there as far as I'm I really try to make sure that I'm asking or asking as well as answering specific questions in regards to my readers and their needs. Um, but what I have found it is that it's still it's still difficult to to really touch on some of the the deeper hair issues in just a blog post or even in just a YouTube video. So um, working on more kind of um, individualized, personalized offerings, whether that be, um, you know, hair consultations or um, just helping people to find, giving them like a shocking list for their hair products as well as just kind of providing support because I I know that, you know, it's easy to say that it's just hair, but it's really not. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, if something happens today or tomorrow and we lost all our hair, we would freak out. So, and <laughs> some of my readers have actually experienced some of that. So making sure that, you know, they have the support as well as the correct information um, and that I'm able to touch on the deeper issue issues when it comes to growing healthy hair, whether that's diet or even um, things that affect you as well as, like, being aware of you know, hormonal changes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that the offerings, making sure that I have the offerings. And um, I've, I've been playing with the idea, and Crystal and I actually talked about this, doing some type of maybe a braid bar, which mm-hmm. I think would be Awesome. I would love to so do that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Wait, yeah. a braid bar? What is that? <laughs> yeah. You know, like like dry bar, how they have dry bar where you just oh. go and get like a blowout? Uh-huh. But what if you could go and get like a twist out? Or what if you don't know how to oh. do all the like super cool, you know, natural hair sort of like techniques and, and styles that are online, but it doesn't take, you don't need color cut and all those things. You can just oh, right, go and get that, that done. I think that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Even, yeah, honestly, so I, I don't take the time to, like, deep condition my hair. Like, I just don't do it for myself. And, yeah, if there was a place where I could go with a girlfriend and instead of getting our nails done, we go and, like, deep condition her hair or whatever, get the twist mm-hmm. out. Like, yeah, I love that. That would, That's a good idea, too. I never even do thought about that. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it, I, so it's so funny because um, I was talking to – uh, a friend of the family who lives here, and she's a stylist, but she doesn't specialize with natural hair. And she was telling me that at one time they were looking for someone that could, you know, kind of be like the cosmetologist in charge of just a natural shop, like no chemicals, just mm-hmm. straight, you know, natural hair, and not just black hair, but just natural hair in general. I was like, mm-hmm. hmm. So, my like 
because I have built natural hair rules from the ground up, like, my prayer is like, okay, God, just open all the doors and let me walk through them. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, let the space be available. Let, you know, if if there's a business partner that's going to be there, let that person be available. You know, let the money mm-hmm. be there. Um, I just don't want to – I don't want the stress of manufacturing the opportunity which isn't a bad thing, but I feel like I've done that so many times that I kind of just want this to be like a straight line. So, mm. um, but if not, it, it has always been like my desire to have like my own spot, regardless of what that is, whether it's salon, spa, or break bar or something. I think mm-hmm. um, there's just a lot of opportunity in general to go in either direction. So, that and. Yeah. Those are my business goals and, you know, always just making sure that putting family first of my bins, mm-hmm. then the first and then the second. So <laughs> Nice. Well, Tamara, thank you so much for sharing about your journey uh, from growing natural hair rules to growing your Facebook page to um, earning a full-time income as a beauty blogger. And so, in fact, would you mind sticking around for our next segment and telling us the three steps to earning a full-time income as a beauty blogger? Sure, no problem. I'm here for you guys. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening to Part 1 with Tamara Floyd. You can download Part 2 of this episode now over at brandnewnation.com. Thank you for joining Danny and Chris for the Brand New Nation podcast. If today's episode helped you get brand new, then please take a moment and leave a review and share this with a friend. It's okay, we'll wait. And you'll find all of today's show notes and other goodies over at brandnewnation.com.